guys, we are here with your favorite Jiu-Jitsu podcast, BJJ World Champion Conversations, starting right now. Today we have a super special guest, a white belt with two years of training, Pan Am's champion, nightlife entrepreneur, and an amazing friend, Mio Danilovic. Great to have you here with us today, brother. It's a pleasure to be here. Thank you, guys. Mio, what brought you to Jiu-Jitsu? Well, you know, I... Um I always wanted to train jiu-jitsu. When I first saw jiu-jitsu at the first UFC, for example, mm -hmm. and um, I never quite got the courage to start training. Why you don't you don't you don't got this courage, man? Well, I was always sort of a, a leader in whatever I did, and I was always trying to set an example for my friends as a as a young guy, or when I started working for my coworkers, and I always tried to be in charge right. and I was I was worried to come try something where I knew I would be the worst at it right and I didn't want to I didn't want to put myself in that situation it was very like immature I guess mm -hmm. uh, at the time but um, yeah I always thought oh man it would be so cool but I never had the courage to to start but you already did the besides jiu-jitsu then you thought about to do and you had you want to do but you don't have the courage you did another sports in your life yeah yeah i i i trained i trained my whole life i mean as a mm -hmm. as a young child I, i played tennis and i actually started playing tennis professionally when i was uh, 15 years old but mm -hmm. um i blew up my knee mm -hmm. and couldn't continue so my career ended early um but i then started i picked up boxing and some kickboxing Right. And um, I kept training. How many years of training you had on this? I would, this say, I would say a total of 10 years. 10 years? Like boxing, yeah. kickboxing? Yeah, yeah. Consistent? Yeah, I would do breaks in between, you know, because I would, I would travel a lot. Mm -hmm. I would move from, uh, for example, in the U.S., I would move from one coast to the next, and I wouldn't always keep up with the training. Mm -hmm. um, I would just keep working and, and then st start over. I and you started like a box here in the U.S., or you started in your, your country? Where are you from? I'm from Montenegro, Montenegro, Montenegro but Montenegro. I grew up in Sweden. Sweden. And, um, yeah, I started boxing over there with, with my cousins. And, uh, in Sweden? My in Sweden, yeah. Nice. With my cousins and my friends uh, just to learn and, 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 and be able to fight. Right. Um, then when I moved to the U.S., I started working as a bouncer in many nightclubs. Uh, obviously, it was important to know how to yeah, punch. Sure. Um, <laughs> back, back, then, uh, back then, it was a little bit more violent than, than what you see right now. Um, Obviously, um, that's a good thing that it's not so violent anymore. But I always uh, needed to know how to fight. I always uh, needed to know how to defend myself. And, um, yeah, so I would always train. Nice. Um, but jiu-jitsu was always, it was always there. But I never, I never took the opportunity to, 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 to start. And I, and I even had great friends that now when I think back, I'm like, oh, my God, that guy was a world champion. Or that guy was, you know, an amazing jiu-jitsu fighter. And uh, I should have just taken the opportunity. Yeah, but, for sure. You know, but you I, never know. Whenever, you never know. Yeah, yeah, it's hard. On the moment, it's hard to say, oh, I'm going to do this. And exactly, like, exactly. Really, really hard. And again, it was that, it was, it was almost like I didn't want to be embarrassed. You mm -hmm. know, I didn't want to go and, oh, man, you, you suck at this. You know? I know, I know. And, I know. Uh, and that was kind of what helped me back. So um, I was actually in the neighborhood here by Fight Sports. Uh, I was with, uh, with a couple of friends and my business partner. We were looking at, at a property to maybe right. do something here. And uh, the guy that was showing us the neighborhood, he said, oh, by the way, we have a gym here. It's called Fight Sports. So we walked in through the side door over there. And I said, wow, 
and I saw Cyborg. I remember Baby Monster was here and a couple other people on, on the mats. Was it during the day or at night? During the day. During the day. It was the, during the day. It was after training. So everybody was kind of tired and, 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 and had very serious faces. <laughs> we were walked in. I remember Cyborg looking at us. Like, what are these guys, you know? And I think my partner stepped on the mat with his oh, shoes. My oh, my God. God. Did you make him uh, pay uh, push-ups? No, he didn't. <laughs> he didn't and, uh, but I told him, hey, get off the mat, man. Look at these guys. They're going to kill us. <laughs> so... Uh, we walked in, we looked around, and when we left, I told my, my partner, I said, man, I'm going to start training here. And he goes, no, man. I said, no, I'm going to start training. He goes, okay, maybe I'll come with you. I said, all right. So I waited for him for about a month. Right. And um, I realized, okay, he's not going to do it. Mm -hmm. So I got in my car, I drove here, and I signed up right then and there. I signed up with uh, Vitor. And, Vitor, um, Vitor, Vitor. Yeah. So, and, um, so your friend hasn't... He never stepped on the mat. Never stepped on the mat. Oh, you gotta never, call him. You gotta call him out. Now. now he's now he's looking at me, you know, competing and you know, <laughs> winning medals and uh, in training really hard. And he's like, "Whoa, man, great job!" You know, I wish I would have, uh, you know, jumped in. Well, know? it's not, not too it's late. Never too late. Never yeah. too late. Yeah. So I'm trying to get I'm trying to get people here from uh, from my work right. to come train. I actually got a couple of people here already. Nice, so nice, 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 nice. It's cool. Little by little, we'll get we'll get more. No, yeah. jiu-jitsu is important. Jiu-jitsu yeah. is good to self-defense. Even like if you work on the nightclub, it's important to know how to punch, but it's important how you do, how you deal maybe if the guy's bigger than you or something like that. It's probably more important than mm -hmm. knowing how to punch, you know, because yeah, the goal should. shouldn't be to knock somebody out. Exactly. The, goal, the goal is to exactly. defuse the situation and, mm -hmm. and not hurt somebody. Exactly. You can take the people out of where you don't want them to be and without the injury then. Exactly. Exactly. It's great. Yeah. It's great. And Mio, you said you you born in Montenegro and you grow up in Sweden. When you came to US and why you came to US? You have a super interesting story. Yeah, uh, yeah. like because um, well, we, first of all, Andre, you started jujitsu when you were what? Uh, I was 13 years old. 13 years old. Mio, you started when you were? Wow, I was 40. 40 years old. <laughs> so to me, it's super interesting. <laughs> super interesting to yeah. see how. You know, like all walks of life. Exactly. Literally, Anthony Bourdain used to say that one of the best things about jiu-jitsu is that it gave you the ability to be humble when you are used to success, when you are used to being a leader, the top dog in a room, right? Because when you're a white belt, you're going. Doesn't matter if you're a CEO, if you're a millionaire, if you're 50. Uh, doesn't matter if you're the boss and everything else in your life on the mat. You're going to be a, a newbie. Right? And that's kind of what you were talking about right now. Exactly. We know you have a super interesting story. Take us a little bit through your story. Like, yeah, where are you from? How did you grow up? Uh, we're talking behind the scenes here, some yeah. super cool stories <laughs> about uh, you working since you were very young. Like, we want to discover a little bit about who you are as a person also. Absolutely. So, I, uh, as I was playing tennis, school wasn't, on my priority list. I started very late playing tennis, mm -hmm. but um, I wanted to catch up with everybody. So I would stay and train twice as long than everybody else. Right. I would run twice as far. I would, I would just do double the work. You, you're just born with this desire. This I wanted to be better. You. I wanted to mm -hmm. be the best. So mm -hmm. I looked at these guys that were my age, how much better they were. And I said, you know what? No, I, I, I need to do double the work to, 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 to reach that level. How old was you there? I was uh, 12, 12, And that was with this mindset. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But also, I think, uh, you know, tennis, you, you, successful tennis players, typically, they start at 
four or five mm-hmm. years old, you know. So when I was playing with kids at 12, they were so much better than me. And, you know, I just needed to catch up. Right. So I had that. I had that inside me. And I would, I would train extra hard, which probably was uh, the reason why my body couldn't keep up and my knee would uh, end up giving out so early. Right. But um, it's okay. You know, it, it gave me some travel. I met a lot of cool people. And then it was just, okay, now it's time to work. You know, I was a young guy and I needed to, needed to make a living. So For sure. um, fortunately, my father, he had a restaurant, which uh, it's great, but it's also very tough. Because uh, in our culture, when... What type of food? It's, uh, the restaurant was called Montenegro. Montenegro. And it was in Stockholm. Right. And uh, the food was from Montenegro. Mm-hmm. Great, great. So Mediterranean food. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and it was hard work. Uh, there was no... We got nothing handed to us. It was... It was, it was um, and it was so you work. stopped tennis to start work yeah, after exactly. you injured. I, and how, I, how old was you when you start work? I was 16, 16, 16 17, mm-hmm. yeah. You started and, working full-time. Yeah, that's it. I was, I was done with sports, and I just... What about schoolwork? Also, I was done with school, too. <laughs> so you, yeah. you, at a very early age, out, yeah. you drop out of school, dropped you start working. Yeah. And how was that experience? It was good. It was that, great. That was the seed to what you are doing right now. I had no idea that there yeah. was such a rich story behind yeah. the meal that we know right now, right? Exactly. Yeah, it was... Um, I always had a dream as a young kid, like, oh, I wanted to own a nightclub for some reason. That was like a thing. And uh, I told my dad, my dad was preparing to retire. And I said, okay, you're going to retire. Because he said, okay, I'm going to retire. I'm going to leave this restaurant for you. To, to, this will be yours. And I said, that's cool. But I will sell it. And I'm going to open a nightclub. And, and you told like, him that? Yeah. yeah. He goes, no, no, you can't do that. I said, that's what I'm going to do. You know? And he said, you can't do that. You know, it's not smart. I said, oh, that's what I want to do. My father was, my, my parents both, very, very hardworking people. You know, they had that restaurant for 30 years and did re- very well for themselves. So, um, but that was always a, sort of a dream of mine. And then one day I woke up, I was around 20, 20, 21. Uh, I was ready to take over the business. I was very good at it. But um, my, my dad was ready to retire. Right. But um, I woke up one day, I said, man, I missed my my young days. I missed my childhood, my my, my childhood, my teenage years. I didn't enjoy my friends the way my everybody else did. Because you know? it was so working. I was always working, you know. And um, and I wanted I wanted to change that. So the opportunity that I found was, hey, I'll go to college and study for four years and enjoy my life. Right. I can always work, you know. So it's almost like taking a break and kind of trying to relive the youth a little bit. So I had this motivation to really go to school. And um, where else than the U.S.? You know, it was right. the best. So I, I wanted to go to the U.S. I actually went to a, a huge seminar where they had a bunch of universities from all over the world. And uh, they had, like, these little stands. And I saw the, the skyline of New York. And I was like, oh, that's it. That's where I'm going to go. You know? right. So I got a, some phone numbers, uh, called the school, and... Um, Yeah, I had to go through some tests to, uh-huh. to get accepted. And this was your first time in the U.S.? No, it no. wasn't the first time in the U.S. I traveled here. I actually traveled to compete here in tennis. Uh, uh, but New York too, no? Not in, no, it was my first time in New York. New York nice. And all I knew about New York was uh, what you see in the movies. You know, I had no idea what, yeah, what I know. it was. <laughs> and um, yeah, I, I traveled there. I got, I, they presented me with all these tests, which I passed, and they accepted me in the school. 
So that was pretty awesome. So in New York, you you do your first years of college and you're working as a bouncer also? That's right. And that's that, right. Is that like the first step into one day owning your own nightclub? How, how I, I always wanted that anyway. That was always in me. Uh, I knew I wanted to do that. But, you know, it's um, it's tough. New country, new city. So I had to I had to start somewhere. And... And uh, that's why I started working as a bouncer. And like you told me before, when we was uh, talking behind the scenes, you after you went to California and you saw like, oh, this looks more like where I want to be. I didn't spend, I didn't spend that much time in New York initially. I went there, and it was cool. It was great, actually. It was very cool, but um, very cold. Very cold. And I try to get away from the cold. In so, Montenegro, it's cold. No, Montenegro, no, Montenegro is uh -huh. not cold. And Sweden is cold, mm -hmm. so I want to get away from that. Right. So I uh, I traveled to California to visit my friends, and um, it was in the middle of winter. Right. And I noticed this amazing climate. So I said, you know what? This is much better for me. Mm -hmm. I'll uh, I'll I'd rather come here. And uh, we're actually driving around in Malibu, uh, me and my friend, and uh, we passed what I thought was a huge golf club, for example. And um, I said, man, that's one of the most amazing properties i've seen let's go check it out right. so we pull up and it's it's this uh, university called pepperdine university a very 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 very, very famous yeah beautiful and um we went in and i fell in love i said wow this is the most amazing university there is this is where i need to go to school right. not new york and uh my friend was like oh man you're crazy you have to pass so many tests and you know you have to get amazing grades to be able to to get accepted here So I met with the international dean, and he said- On the me, same day? On the same day, yeah. I went, I, I found his office, I knocked on the door. It was a very cool guy. We got along great. And uh, he gave me a path of what I needed to complete in order to be accepted in the school right. and which grades I needed to accomplish. So he told me to go to Santa Monica College, mm -hmm. which I did. And I completed all of the tasks that he told me and all the classes and um, got the great grades. So he accepted me. And what do you study there? I studied international business. International yeah. business. International, international business and uh, graduated with, you know, 3.6 GPA. That's not bad. Not yeah. bad. Yeah. Not bad. And, and I, did, I did extra courses to do it faster because mm -hmm. uh, school was kind of easy for me. And you was also doing school and work at the same time. Absolutely, yeah. I had to support myself, so um, I was working in nightclubs there too. Uh, and then when I graduated school, the job market was kind of tough. So I actually ended up moving back to New York because I wanted to try the big city mm -hmm. again um, with a degree this time. Right. And um, unfortunately, I couldn't get a job with my degree. It didn't really, it didn't matter. You yeah, go right. into interviews and people are like, okay, I'm no experience, see you later. So I couldn't get a foot in the door and I didn't have a, a wide enough network to, mm -hmm. to get myself a chance. So I continued in the nightclubs um, and I stayed there for about another year. Then I ended up moving back to California. So when you move from coast to coast here in the U.S., you essentially start from zero again. Yeah. You start, you have, you, whatever you have, you start over. And, mm -hmm. uh, and that's what I did a few times, which, um, you know, I guess that makes you stronger. And this time you always, always was living by yourself or yeah. was with some yeah. friends? Yeah, no, by myself. Always uh, by yourself. Uh, girlfriend, or, you know, mm -hmm. but, uh, but yeah, I didn't like roommates. Mm -hmm. I, like to, I like to live by myself. To just focus yeah. on your stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I was a very serious guy, so I didn't ever... I had no idea that 
this part of your story. We, we've been <laughs> friends for a while, and yeah. uh, most of us know about the success you've achieved nowadays, right? We, yeah. We've seen everything that you've done in the past, especially in the past two years, which has been amazing. Everybody knows you now. Like, you have, well, well friends, like, all over the United States, uh, celebrities, fighters. A lot of people really appreciate and love you, you know, and, and yeah, know no, Another day I went to Joy Beach Club and uh, on my side was sitting Floyd Mayweather and That's on right. the other side, uh, uh, James Fox. I'm like, oh my God, <laughs> what is this? That's right. <laughs> But that's super cool because just like in jiu-jitsu, right? Like the journey to, towards getting your black belt, it's full of setbacks and, and moments where you really just never want to train again. You don't want to keep going. And, and I, now I learned that a lot of your life has been overcoming these obstacles, right? Setting yourself, like shooting for the stars and, and then just going for it. When did it change? When did it change for you? When did, um, you know, when did that started happening? What was the, you know, the process towards getting to where you are right now? Well, and what have you I, also accomplished now? I don't know if it ever changes, to be honest with you. You know, the, the, the setbacks keep coming. Um, no matter, it's just a different level of setbacks, I should say. Yeah, yeah. But uh, they keep coming, it doesn't end. So I'll give you an example. When I moved back to California from New York, uh, a friend of mine started a new company and he's going to open a bunch of nightclubs and restaurants and hotels. That was his dream. And I said, you know what? I'm going to work for him and I'm going to learn the business. And then in a few years, I'm going to ask him to partner up with me and do my own place. That was kind of my goal. And this little club that, that I started working at as a bouncer still Uh, this grew into a huge international company called SBE. And they opened a bunch of hotels and restaurants and nightclubs throughout the country and throughout the world. And um, I, work, I ended up staying with that company for 12 years and becoming the vice president of nightlife for, for the company. I became a partner in the company. And um, it, um, it was an amazing experience because I, I went from just a nightclub bouncer to, to an entrepreneur. I would say, in, 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 that, in that process. And uh, I learned a lot without risking my own money. Mm -hmm. um, but I, I, worked, I worked a lot, and I, and I learned a lot. So um, one day I woke up, and I said, okay, that's it. This company has been great to me, and uh, I've done great results, but it's time for me to move on. Uh, it, 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 it lost... It lost the, the family feel that we had as it, when it was small because it became so big. So all of a sudden you're talking to bankers and people that you don't know and they're hammering you on items that they don't know about. So I didn't enjoy it anymore. And when you don't enjoy something, it's very hard to, to dedicate yourself. Sure. And, and, I, and I felt, man, I, I work seven days a week and I don't like it anymore. So what's the point? And um, I said, you know what? I resigned and um, I decided I'm going to start my own. I, I didn't know what I was going to do, actually. I just knew I wanted to live in Miami for some reason. <laughs> why? You just, I don't know. Why Miami? Just I don't know. I was always just come to your I was traveling here. <laughs> I was traveling here for work and I was traveling here on, on these amazing times, you know, winter music conference. Yeah. And, like, and, and, I, and I looked around and I said, man, this place is magical. It's, It's amazing. amazing. Yeah. And I've never seen this anywhere else in the world. So I said, When I, when I resigned, that's where I want to move. And I was able to, I was able to 
carve out Miami in my non-compete clause with the company when we were negotiating no, the, the that terms. Was, that was yeah. smart. And, and yeah. how long ago you moved here? Six years ago. Six years so ago. this was merely six years ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Wow. So I left the company and I moved to Miami and I had no idea what I was going to do. I sold my house, so I made a little bit of money. And I said, you know what? We'll see. Were you married? Were you single? No, at the time? Uh, no, no, I was single. I was single, single, yeah. Single at the time. I was single. And um, yeah, so I moved here and started looking around and said, okay, let's see what, what, what the future holds. And, uh, and I met um, my business partner, Chris Pacello. I don't yeah. know if you know. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, Legend here in Miami. Absolutely, also. yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Not just in Miami. That guy has well, a wider network than uh, anybody I've met. It's, everywhere, it's amazing. Everywhere. Yeah, in, in the 90s, basically built the, the, the Miami yeah. nightlife. Yeah. Like, for sure. Yeah. Amazing, yeah. So he, he had just started a new um, fitness brand called Anatomy. Um, and it, it's this high level, high, high end uh, fitness facilities. Mm -hmm. And um, so I was working out there because I figured, you know, you'll meet good people here. Yeah, for sure. And uh, I was working out with him. We were friends for a long time before. Uh -huh. uh, we met in LA a long time ago. Mm -hmm. And um, we're talking, yeah, I'm not sure what I'm going to do. And I said, I want to open a nightclub. And he said, I'm going to open a nightclub. And he was going to open a nightclub with One Oak, the guys from New York. Uh -huh. And I said, man, let's just me and you open a nightclub together and we'll start our own brand. Because you, know? you like, always want that too? I always wanted it, mm -hmm. you know? And he was a great guy and, and, and a great friend. So um, he was like, okay, let's do it. He had already signed the lease, actually, where Rockwell was. Uh -huh. he, he had already signed the lease. So he was that's, the, he was, that's the birth of, of Rockwell. Exactly. Mm -hmm. He was going to do it regardless. And, um, but he was going to do it with someone else. Mm -hmm. So I, I jumped in and we, you know, we, we changed our plans. Um, I put a little bit of money that I had in, in, in the project uh -huh. and we, um, that was the we beginning. opened Rockwell. Yeah. And that was the beginning of Rockwell. And how was it in the beginning? It was very hard. No, it was amazing. Right off from the start. From the it start. was, a, these guys that I told you about, the One Oak guys, they're, you know, they're, One Oak is one of the most famous nightclubs in the world, actually. Right. And um, what we did, we did an Art Basel party with One Oak when we launched the venue. And that uh, pretty much set us on a map uh, and exposed the place to a lot of great people at the right time. And we were the only ones playing hip-hop in a high-end nightclub at that time in Miami. You had the best shows, I remember. Yeah. The best artists best. and all that. And um, nobody else was doing it at the time. At the time. So... We really, we, we set ourselves apart from everybody else, and it was a smash hit right, up, right from the get-go. We, we, we surpassed our expectations um, in every aspect. Yeah, so, uh, Cyborg had to prohibit the, the competition team from, yeah. from visiting. <laughs> That's right. Only once a month, you know, because yeah. they, the they liked it too much. Yeah, you, you were there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> there was, no, the first time that I came to Miami to, to meet the guys here, we went there, and man, I remember, it was a blast. I remember that day. It was it's, crazy. it's a special place, man. Maggie and Cyborg's engagement party was there That's after right. the gala. We yeah. had an amazing night with the team there. That's Super right. cool that place. Was and was then, awesome. the, then the pandemic hit, right? Then the pandemic hit. And um, with the pandemic, as every other business, we start suffering. Of course, we had to close. Mm -hmm. And uh, nightclubs were not even on the conversation, like restaurants or, or gyms or anything else. The nightclubs were not going to open for who knows how long. Yes. And um, rent kept growing. Our expenses kept going up. So we, we had an opportunity where a friend of ours came to us and said, you know what, I want to buy the nightclub. Uh, And we, we jumped on it. We sold it to him. And all the time you already had the Joy Beach Club as well? 
We were already building Joya Beach building. Club, but we, we didn't finish it yet. But you, you plan of your, the plan of you guys was stay with the Rockwell and the Joya Beach Club. Yeah, yeah, exactly. We weren't, we were never planning on selling Rockwell, mm -hmm. but it just came at a, the circumstances called for it, so we sold it. And and at the same time, as that happened, uh, we were able to open Joya. And how how was that experience? Because that that was another special place for everybody in Miami, right? Very it was special. the only place that was open. Uh, Like the first place to open only during place. the pandemic. The only the place. Pandemic. It was it, incredible. It was incredible. It was, it was, we truly created an amazing place there. We, uh, we were approached by the landlords and they said, hey, look at this piece of property that we have. Can you do something with it? And we said, absolutely. We have a vision. We can do it. So me and Chris, we, uh, we sat down. We designed this place and uh, developed the concept. I saw a picture of, of the day that you guys were there when there was nothing there. Yeah, you posted it the I remember. Day. It was just a palapa. That was, we, we built the palapa, you too. You built the palapa, yeah, it was, too. It, 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 was it wasn't there. even the palapa there. Yeah, yeah. It was absolutely nothing. You know, just some dirt, basically, on the water. They had a bouncy castle in the water where they would uh, let kids go you know, <laughs> for many years because it's part of uh, Jungle Island. Yes, the, right. the park. And um, so... You know, when you, when you have a vision mm. and you know it and you believe it, not everybody else can see it the same way. So no, yeah, for sure. we felt it. We knew it. But nobody else did. And nobody expected the results to be the way. Especially the, at the time. Yeah, at the time. And you guys already thought on the moment, like, to do, like, a little beach with, a, with the restaurants on the side. Oh, yeah. A little bit of night. Everything. Life. Yeah, everything, everything was exactly the way we pictured it. Mm -hmm. The tender bringing you in from your yacht. The lounge area to the right, where we would create a little bit of a party. The restaurant area to the left, where, you know, the high-end food would come out. So, yeah. it was a very challenging place to open because everything had to be portable. Mm -hmm. uh, you can't build on the sand. Let's say there's a hurricane, you got to be able to remove everything. Yeah. Except for the palapa. Yeah. That one can stay. So, the kitchens, the bar, everything yeah. was made portable with no plumbing. So... Uh, when you have those type of challenges, it's it's much harder than than, than having a brick and mortar building. The, the place was beautiful, wildly successful. Everybody had a lot of fun there. But then I also know that a big component to your success is the team that you surround yourself yeah. with, from uh, people like your business partner to everybody else on your team. So that was a huge team effort, right? What it was. It was absolutely so. What. In order to be successful, everything needs to work. You need to have great quality food. You need to have great service. You have to have a beautiful venue and this vibe that, 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 that's, that's special, that sets you apart from any other place. And uh, not one person can create all of that. So we attracted an amazing team. We went out and found them. We found the chef. We found the marketing people. We found the operators. We found, we found all these great people and, and our... And our uh, Our dear friend Marco, uh, from he, he used to live in L.A. He he was uh, a Miami guy too. I know. He was the biggest biggest network in Miami. Yeah, that, yeah, that's where I got to see the old generation of promoters with your yeah. business partner and the younger generation, Marco, yes. getting together and bringing all the crowds yes. from Miami to to this. You're place. right. You're I think right. that's what made it special as well. It absolutely did because you had the who's who of Miami. Yeah. So we kind of ended up in a perfect storm. Um, Yes, there was a pandemic and there were restrictions, but we were 100% outdoors. So we were the only place that could really open. Right. And we were exposed to 
everybody in Miami right off the bat. And we didn't have to go and beg people to come because they wanted to go to a restaurant. Yeah. They just had nowhere to go. So they would come to us. So we were able to, uh, we, were able, we were able to expose the place to the best people of Miami. And we just made sure we kept the energy great, the food quality great, and the people around us great. So... That, so, that's so Lovato got married there also? Lovato, yeah, got, Lovato got married there, there. yes. Yeah. Absolutely. I met Lovato when he was fighting Cyborg here. Oh, in, in the uh, Superstar. Yeah. Because they had their, had their after party. In At the Rockwell. Yeah, yeah, I went there, I went there. Yeah. Too. So <laughs> Cyborg introduced me to Lovato, and we hung out a little bit at Rockwell, and we were just uh, doing Friends and Family at Joya at the time. And we were about to, to launch, but uh, so I said, hey, one you and your fiance come and try the restaurant let's see if you like it so he came and we made a connection and uh kept in touch so you know he came back to miami a few times came to the restaurant we hung out we had dinner and uh he said you know what i think we'd like to get married here that's okay awesome. that's a beautiful idea let's make it happen and what and a, what the athlete is love out to like amazing ogi amazing digi MMA 10-0 uh, won the, the Bellador title. Ah, just yeah. had to retire because he had some brain problems. He had but, some issues, uh, yeah. What athlete? Really, really, really complex. Amazing athlete. Most decorated American jiu-jitsu athlete, yeah. right? Yeah. And I think the second American to be a BJJ Black Belt World Champion. The first one was BJ Penn in 2002 and Lovato in 2007. Oh, wow. Got the second American in the jiu-jitsu history to be a yeah. world champion as a Black Belt. A, a real legend. Mm -hmm. And real um, honestly... Besides that, just an amazing guy. Yeah. And, uh, you know, you can sit and talk to him for, for hours. You know, yes. he's a very, very friendly, friendly guy and with, with a beautiful wife. She, she's amazing, too. Yeah. So, um, yeah, man, we had a, you know, we, we have a great relationship. So, so going back to your story a little bit, you come back, you, you decide to come to Miami. You're single at the time. Mm -hmm. I know you're married now with your second baby on the way. Yeah. So I wanted to ask you about that. How did that come about, that part of your life? And the other thing is, as a, a night, nightlife entrepreneur, um, usually we see that anybody in your position is usually single, you know? Uh, they don't necessarily train the way that you train. So how do you balance the nightlife with having such a beautiful family and such like a calm life in your family aspect and and train so hard as well yeah and also because Mew is always in great shape Mew is always yeah. like looks good like how you deal with that like having to be awake at nights normally and also have to train to lift and to do jiu-jitsu to keep you it, a life a health lifestyle because one of the one of the worst things for an athlete is not to be able to sleep well yeah and i and i i would see you sometimes l late at the club running everything, and then the next day here, you were in class at 6.30 exactly. in the That's morning. Right. <laughs> like, what is wrong with this? Superman. Yeah, it, was, uh, it, it is hard. It's, it's probably one of the hardest things is the no sleeping. And uh, listen, when you own a nightclub, you're drinking a lot too because you're doing shots with everybody yeah. and to toasting, and that doesn't make any, anything easier. You know? And I've done that for a very long time where I would party so to speak at night even though when i'm working but you need to be the life of the party and um the next day i would wake up and go to the gym and lift weights or run or do whatever so it, i always had that that was my way of resetting the next day was to to sweat it out and to and to be active otherwise um otherwise it's a downward spiral you know and you'll never catch up 
So um, I always had that. And, um, you know, being single, having a nightclub, mm. you know, it's, it's great. But I've, I've done it for such a long time, maybe not owning a nightclub, but being in the nightclub, that um, I needed a change. Right. And uh, I met my wife. Uh, I met her in, in a nightclub. I actually met her at Wall Nightclub. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and uh, and we clicked. And I knew, I knew, I knew right away. I said, "No, I'm gonna marry this girl. No this, that's it." Yeah, I didn't even, um, I didn't hesitate. I knew right away. Right. And uh, this was how long ago? This was uh, five years ago. Five yeah. years ago. Fast yeah. forward to now. Now, uh, I'm, I'm I'm as happy as can be. An amazing woman amazing. by my side. I have a beautiful son and a daughter on the way, you know, a couple of weeks away. That's incredible. So, yeah, it's awesome. That's but, amazing. But I did stop drinking when I met her. Nice. That changed, uh, that changed a lot. So right now you don't drink anymore? I don't drink anymore. So you evolve. Now you, you literally just work, Yep. still take care of the business, but that's how you're able to balance. It makes it easier. It makes it easier. It makes easier. it easier. Um, and, you know, you, right now the worst thing that can happen to me when I wake up, is I could be a little tired. Yeah. You know, you drink a coffee, you wake up and you go. Before, you wake up, you have a hangover, you have a headache, uh, you don't feel good. So I didn't want that anymore. And, and, um, and also, you know, when you drink, you make dumb decisions. Yeah. Uh, so I, I respect my wife so much that I decided, you know what, I'm not gonna Great. keep drinking and behaving like a, like a young guy Uh, because I respect her. So I didn't want to disrespect her by doing something silly. And, and that's why I stopped drinking. And Mio, uh, tell us more about your jiu-jitsu journey too. You, you won Pan Ams uh, last year. Yeah, and this my last, first tournament. Your first tournament. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And this last weekend you went to American Nationals. You also had a I, good fight there. You I got did. second place? Second place, yes. Second place. Tell, yeah. us, tell, her, tell us more about this, how it's to compete. What's the mindset that you had before the fight? You got nervous. How yeah. was that? I absolutely got nervous. It was... Um, When I started training, you know, everybody told me, oh, one day you're going to compete. I was like, oh, man, come on. I'm an old man. You know, I can't, what am I going to do? But then they explained to me, oh, you can compete with people at your level and your age. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and I said, okay, awesome. So I competed in the Pan Ams. Uh, how long you used to train when, before you competed at Pan Ams? I trained, uh, I would say a year. A year. I would say. Nice. Yeah, maybe a little less. Mm -hmm. And I went to the Pan Ams actually injured. I shouldn't, I had, I had a disc herniation, my back. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, but I said, you know what? I want to, I want to feel the adrenaline. Right. And, um, and I did, and it was awesome. I felt like a young kid again, mm -hmm. nervous and sweating and, oh my God, you know, just feeling. The yeah. Pressure. I, I saw you there. I yeah. spoke with you there. I remember yeah. you was very nervous. Nervous. Very nervous. nervous. And, um, you almost killed the, an opponent. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, but you know, it's a, it's a, uh, it's a pressure that you put on yourself mm -hmm. because I'm used to. Competing, I'm used to yeah. uh, achieving, you know, things. So uh, like, you have more pressure on a on a regular day than technically in a competition. But yeah. I saw you there, and and you were nervous. I was right? nervous. Like, yeah. What 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 has jujitsu or your journey in jujitsu? How has it made you better in your professional life and in your personal life? I think it's had a big impact. Um, the number one thing that it did right off the bat was make you very humble. And understand that, okay, uh, you are whatever you thought you are, you're not. <laughs> you know, in every aspect. Not just, uh, not just, oh, you're a tough guy. Yeah, you're a tough guy, but this skinny little guy is going to 
choke you out in two seconds. You know, it doesn't matter. He can be a, a young kid and, 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 and um, he'll beat you, you know? So uh, that's number one. And then number two, you thought you were in some sort of a good shape, but then when you actually put your hands on somebody else and you're starting to roll and, 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 and fight, if you will, you, uh, you realize how quickly you gas out and how you need to build your fitness level at the same time and your breathing at the same time. And, uh, you know, there's that saying to be comfortable in uncomfortable situations. And that really translates to life, I think. Um, I've reached the point, look, I was like everybody else. Uh, you get angry, you get nervous, you get stressed out, you, 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 you yell, you scream, your, your heart rate goes up and, you know, the pressures of life, yes. of business, of life, mm -hmm. of, Anything can happen, you know, Anything. and it's how you deal with it. And uh, at this point of my life, I've I've reached a very, I'm, I'm very calm. Like I don't get emotional. I don't get, I don't make irrational decisions. I don't make emotional decisions. I I I try to take the time and think and breathe and just deal with it in the most rational way I can. And. Uh, that's very similar to the sport of jiu-jitsu, I would say. Because if you are panicking and you're trying to, mm -hmm. trying to get out of a move or trying to attack somebody too fast without, without mm -hmm. taking your time and doing <laughs> properly, you're going to lose. And, yeah. uh, and the same thing is uh, life. in life. Yeah. Right. A, a lot of the times, uh, I, think, I think of that, right? And <clears throat> another question I wanted to ask was... Um, what type of a, of a jiu-jitsu player are you? Like, what's your game? How's it, how's it evolved? What are you doing right now also? Because I know you're not only training jiu-jitsu. You <laughs> recently started doing champion fit. Absolutely. So I need to, I felt, I felt, um, I felt weakness in my, in my strengths. I, I felt my weaknesses, I should say. When I started training jiu-jitsu, I felt, um, Certain movements are very hard for me, mm -hmm. and I, saw, I felt that certain muscles I'm not, I'm not, I'm not twitching fast enough. Mm -hmm. And um, so I approached Maggie, and uh, she put me on a great program. You know, she, and I've been training with her very hard, actually, to uh, to get myself in a place where both I'm more fit, strong, and better mobility. So, and Emil, you think you have a downside in jiu-jitsu? There, yes. I think there's a uh, there's something that everybody did warn me about, mm -hmm. but being the type of guy I am, I didn't really listen to it. And that is, you have to take your time mm -hmm. and listen to your body yes. and uh, understand what, what what you're trying to achieve slower than what I was doing. Mm -hmm. I jumped right in. And I said, you know what? I'm a tough guy. I don't care. I'll just go and I'll and I'll fight harder. And I and I end, ended up injuring my back. Right. Um, I got a disc herniation, which I never had back problems. And you before. took six months out, right? Six months, yeah. Six months. Six months where I couldn't really um, train or or do anything. I, I couldn't lift weights. I couldn't run. I couldn't uh, train. So I, I I took it easy. And uh, but I'm all healed up now. I did a bunch of rehab and 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 I'm I'm careful. I have a routine every morning that I need to go through in order to feel good throughout the day. But that would be the downside. And it's preventable mm -hmm. uh, if you're listening to people around you and if you're, if you're listening to your body. Yeah, for sure. Because, you know? uh, for example, I felt, I felt some pain, but I said, ah, 
who cares about the pain? Let's mm -hmm. go, you know? And because uh, that's always how I've been. And, uh, but at this age, it's going to catch up to you. And now that you're training a lot, training shampoo feet, training jiu-jitsu consistent, mm -hmm. what's your next goals uh, about competition? Maybe World Master in the end of the year? Uh, I, once I reach my blue belt, my, my, my next goal mm -hmm. is to get blue belt. That's, that's what I, uh, that's what I have mm -hmm. as a, as a, as a, as a goal. You know? nice. And I know you're not supposed to talk about that. You know, <laughs> hey, when, when am I going to, you know, so I don't really talk about it too much, mm -hmm. but I am training for it. And I, and I feel I'm trying to get ready for it. Yeah. So you're, you're ready to well, test. I, I would be ready right now to test. Yes. Have nice. you, have but you been using BJJ world champion? I have. Absolutely. I love it. Yeah. yeah what what can you great tell job. us about that? Well, it's it breaks it breaks everything down so easily. You know, you can actually sit at home, and you you study all the moves, and it's almost like you're doing them. I don't know how to explain it. Like it, you, you can visualize it and, yes. and replay it and do it again and mm. slow it down and stop. Mm. And then you're like, man, I I know this move. And then you go and try it. And okay, you practice a couple of times and and you get it. So it's a huge tool for me. I actually have the paper printed in my bag. And um, you know, I go and I. It's so amazing. It was, <laughs> it's so amazing yeah. because when I start jujitsu, you we don't used to have like BJ fanatics or things yeah. like like BJJ World Champion. So to study jujitsu, you had to like watch YouTube or like read the Grace magazines. I have more than two hundred Grace magazines in my house. Oh my Grace god! Grace magazines. And you just magazine. flip through and try just to find. Oh, yeah, man. but it's cool because you learn a lot about the the history of jujitsu. You know, of course. And uh, on the end of the every single Grace magazine have a page, then just. Uh, talk, talk about like uh, they, they started off the jiu-jitsu so like little things then like oh 2006 Alberto Gordo Correa created the half guard because he was competing in Brazilian Nationals and he injured his knee and he, out, he, he had to go to, go to compete towards but he was with one knee injury so he, he was not able to do the, the full guard so he had to do a guard in just one of the legs so he protects his knee That's so how like that he created the that's help a real story? Yeah. Wow, that's crazy. The yeah, Robert Corcoran. An encyclopedia. And, <laughs> and he has, because I, I used to read so much Grace Mags and the Time Magazine and watching YouTube, I'm really a nerd about Jiu-Jitsu. I'm really a nerd. Like, <laughs> that's I'm good. Addicted. Yeah. Addicted. Yeah. That's great. incredible because not a lot of people know that. Like, yeah. I, I had no idea, you know? And, like, we, we practice the sport, but we don't pay as much homage as 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 necessary yeah. because the story is so rich so rich so rich, you know? so rich. And, I, and i love to hear about everybody's story because the, the story of jiu-jitsu is also your story you know yeah. in jiu-jitsu andre's story mine everybody so everybody's story. i just think it's such a beautiful sport that that connects us all together you should and it creates a community it creates a community that i honestly didn't think existed well you you are like the nightlife business you talked about the vibe yeah right we have a very special vibe here that that cyborg and the rest of the of, of the of our teammates have created here uh, in fight sports do you find something similar in, in both places i do i do uh, because i try to lead with very similar values that cyborg leads his team and um i recognize it because i treat all of my people with respect, I treat them as family. I'm loyal to them. They're loyal to me. I uh, I might be a fun, easygoing guy, but I'm very demanding at the same time, yeah. and I expect the best out of everybody. Yeah, my team. So uh, I feel that this is a different industry, but it's the same in a, in a way. 
And uh, it's it's about how you treat others and how you lead. And that those are the type of people that you're going to attract around you. If I am uh, kicking and screaming and yelling and acting like a boss versus a leader, guess what? I'm not going to have all these great people around me. They're were, not going to stay. Were you always a, a leader or were did you have to transition from being that boss that sometimes yelled, et cetera, into a leader? Because a lot I of did. us experienced that. I did, I did. Um, not necessarily in life, um, because I was always sort of the, the same. But when I used to work for this big company, they demanded from me to be a boss more so than a leader. And I was, I became that. And I didn't like it. Um, it was effective. Get me wrong. In a big corporation, it's effective, but uh, to a certain degree, to reach the next level, it's it's not. And uh, but also, I didn't like it. And then right. you, but not you. It's not. It's not me. And mm. and the people around you are not gonna be loyal to you. They're not gonna go above and beyond for you. They're gonna do because you tell them they have to do it, but not gonna do it because they want to do it. Because one one of the things I saw at Joy Beach is that people wanted to work there. Yeah, yeah, like they wanted to work there. Yeah. I, I think I sent you some people that that, that were interested, and you ended up. No, I I, 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 did. I almost did. did work there. I spoke That's with right. Leo yeah. one night, yeah. and he gave me the opportunity to work yeah. there. But I was, after another opportunity came with Jujitsu and all That's that. Right. But I almost went there to work as well. There's a few people still working there from from Fight Sports. Yeah, I know. Yeah. But but the, the curious thing is talking about loyalty, right? They, well, I'll let you tell the story about how. You guys move forward from Joya Beach Club, but the, one of the curious things is that the people working there, they were the saddest to see you guys leave. Yeah, you know, because you took, you know, the the family vibe, the leading by example, and all that kind of went out the door with you guys. What happened there? A lot of people are curious about that. It uh, it's one of those situations that's very difficult to understand. You don't, you, you don't understand why, because the place was so incredibly successful. And uh, we, we surpassed everybody's expectations. The landlords were making more money than they ever thought they would. And uh, we were producing results much higher than what anybody thought we would. And we knew what we were going to do because we saw the vision. We, we, we understood it right away. But everybody else involved didn't. And uh, they thought, okay, they'll do, they'll do okay and everybody will be happy. But... When, when you create something like lightning in a bottle, and you know, our deal was for 10 years with, with the landlords. So they sat back and looked, whoa, this place is amazing. They, we are, we're doing great. So why don't we just buy these guys out now? Well, why do we need them? Yeah, kind of. we don't need them. Because let's once get them been, out now. Once, once it's been done, everybody thinks... I can do this. They can do it. Yeah. And, and they would, you know, people, people would come and they would see me and my partner, me or my partner or me and my partner, sit down at a table and hang out and have a meal and talk. And, mm -hmm. and, and they would think, man, these guys aren't doing anything. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. But that's not how it works. How you know, it works. We, 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 not only did we build the foundation, not only did we bring this amazing team that are, You know, they're, they're, they're so excited to work for us, with us, I call it. I don't say for us. And, you know, I pay attention to every detail. It doesn't matter if I'm running around. I, I don't need to be running around stressed out to show to you that I'm working. You know, I'm, I can have a conversation with you 
and know exactly what's going on in the restaurant or in the lounge or whatever. So to the untrained eye, if you will, it might seem like, oh, man, these guys, they don't even do anything. So this business is running on its own. Let's just get them out because over 10 years we saved so much money because yeah. we were making a lot of money. Right. Yeah, of course. And uh, they felt it's, it's all about the location. It's all about this beautiful place. We'll just keep it the same and get them out. And, uh, yeah, that was sad. That was sad. They decided to buy us out. And uh, at the same time, we debated, okay, should we pull the name? Because yeah. the name was ours. Yeah. We'll, we'll pull the name and we will open it somewhere else maybe. But then we said, you know what? Let's just go ahead and sell the name too because we didn't have a second location right now. And uh, what good is a name Without, sitting around yeah. for a year, two years, not good for anything. So yeah, sure. we decided to sell it, which I think was the right choice. Of course. And uh, it was a very difficult, uh, the, the last meeting that we did with the staff was very difficult and emotional. For me. I'm not typically emotional, mm -hmm. but I got emotional talking to the team because I saw them, they started, a lot of people started crying mm -hmm. and a lot of people were like, they just couldn't believe it because it is it was perfect. such an amazing place. Yes. And it would have been... 10 years uh, of for amazing. 10 years, yeah. if not longer, yes. an amazing place, you know? And, and we were just scratching the surface, in my opinion. We were just starting. Because we got out of a pandemic. We were restricted in the beginning. Yeah. Um, imagine next year, next year when you don't have those restrictions and you could put a thousand people there and, and not have to worry about yeah. social distancing and whatnot. So we were just scratching the surface, figuring things out, uh, yet we were doing amazing. And... Uh, that was one of the very, that was the toughest meeting for, for this entire Joya experience was talking to the staff, announcing that, okay, uh, we're leaving. And, and what's the next step for you, for you? Well, it's funny how things sort of happen one after another. Uh, one door closes, another, another one, one opens. opens, you know, and, and, and but I'm also, uh, we, we've always been sort of having things in the works. You know, you never sit back and just, okay, I have this one place or this one business and let me just focus on that. It's good. I do focus on that, but I always, I'm always working on, on a ton of other things. Me, me and my business partners always have a conversation along those lines, right? Yeah. Alex is sitting here next to me and we always debate on um, going all in on one good thing and trying to give your all on that one good thing maybe in the way that, that a lot of athletes do, you know, with their careers. But then you have the entrepreneurial spirit uh, that, that entrepreneurs share uh, where you can't just put all your eggs on one thing. How, is it, we don't know if we debate whether if it's right, if it's wrong, what's the, the right approach. What can you say about that? Is there a balance? Is there a well, formula? I can, I can tell you some examples. Uh -huh. And uh, take Rockwell. Hey, Super successful, but we were constantly looking what we're going to do next, and we figured out Joya. And guess what? We ended up selling Rockwell. Joya opened at the same time. And we had Joya. We put everything into it, all our heart and soul into it. Amazing place. And as soon as it was up and running, we started looking, okay, what is next? Not because we needed more, but... You, you, you got to be ready for the next step because 
guess what? This happened. Nobody, yeah. expe we didn't expect this to happen to Especially Joel. Especially under these circumstances where you were succeeding. No? We, we, it's the most bizarre. Yeah. When ego and greed comes into play, people make emotional decisions. Emotional decisions. And that's what they did. And it, you know, listen, they went from the most successful place in town to doing 30% of the business oh, that it, we were doing. It, in a matter of weeks, it played out. Two right? weeks, done. Mm -hmm. And, but at the same time, we had already worked a deal at the one hotel in, in South Beach. So we got the management deal for the beach club at the one hotel, uh -huh. which we have currently. Uh -huh. And um, at the same time, I've been working on a project in Vegas, which just opened three weeks ago. That so, is super exciting. Tell yeah. us about that. Yeah, it's called Ilia Beach Club uh -huh. in uh, Virgin Hotel in Las Vegas. That's so, why you was there to compete American National. Exactly, yeah. Mm. yeah. And I so, saw you were there for the opening. Right? Yeah, 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 so I go back and forth. Uh, is it seasonal? Do you guys open seasonal? Seasonal. When yes. are you guys open for people to know? We open in uh, March and close in October. Oh, right, yeah. right before Worlds. Yeah, right before Worlds. It would have been good to have. Yeah, it would have been awesome. <laughs> Maybe I have to do a private party. We might, <laughs> we might. But I, um, I was working on that actually for two years because um, those projects take a long time. So this was not, we thought it was just something that came up. No, no, right no. Now. No, it takes a long time. Wow. A lot of preparation, a lot of, to build a place, to, to, to come up with a concept, to design it, to build it, to do it on time, to put the team together. It's a long process. So it's a huge opportunity. The, the, uh, Richard Branson's first hotel in yeah, Vegas. Absolutely. And his biggest hotel. His biggest hotel also. And he's an incredible entrepreneur and oh, the guy's doing amazing incredible. things. He's everywhere. How do you feel about that? You I feel it's, it's incredible. I met him mm -hmm. now uh, for the opening. Um, The guy's awesome, and you know he he brings a certain energy and aura with him that very few people do. Uh, that's the level he's at, and um, it's inspiring. It really, really is inspiring when you, when you see a guy like that. You're like, wow, um, I got to do better. Mio, <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> we have the words here: the gin, then the words, then with the value of the gin. Yeah. And today we're gonna select one of this word for you. Every single episode, we're gonna select one of the words to. You talk about and like, man, it's great to know more about you, to know about where you came from, how you made this happen, yeah. how that's successful life. And uh, the word that I have to you and I wanted you to talk a little bit about that is the discipline. Discipline. Yeah. Discipline, uh, I think, is it's one of the most important things that, that you have in your life because without discipline, you you won't... You won't stick to your plan. You won't stick to your routine. You won't stick to uh, your goals. Um, so that's something that I grew up with. Uh, I think my parents instilled that in us, uh, all, all of us, my, my brother and my sisters, um, growing up. And uh, that's helped me in life uh, quite a bit. And I use that uh, with, obviously, with my other values, but I use that as... as, as um, It defines it defines my routine. It defines me. You know, my routine defines me. So um, I try to make sure that I try to rub off on on others, um, especially people that work with me or work for me, uh, that they get the same sort of discipline in in all that they do. And uh, Mew, also I want to ask you, what do you have to say for somebody who maybe is listening to this podcast 
and don't have like the courage to start jiu-jitsu. You already started your two years already training. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, what do you have to say for this person? Uh, I think it's a, it's a waste of time if you're debating. Just go. You just let go it. and do it. Uh, you know, I always say, oh, man, I wish I started. I, I, I'm sure everybody that starts late says, oh, I wish I started when I was younger. Uh, I said that actually to Cyborg. And he goes, listen, man, it's all good. You started now. You look at all the other things you've done in life. So if you started earlier, maybe you wouldn't have done these other things. It's so true. it's okay, you know, just enjoy the journey. And uh, that stuck with me. I said, you know what? Mm -hmm. He's right. It's the journey that, 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 that's fun. I mean, look at, look at my most recent tournament. Mm -hmm. I, I'm in Vegas. I'm working. Mm -hmm. I'm having a bunch of meetings. And at some point I say, hey, excuse me, guys, I gotta be, I gotta go. I'll be back. And they're like, where are you going? I said, I, I gotta take care of something. You know, I go, I put my, my backpack, I take my gi, I go to the tournament, I compete, you know, I, I, I have an awesome time. Still very nervous, you know, which I, I don't know why. I guess I put the pressure on myself. Nah, but it's normal. Everyone, I have the 11 years of experience and when I compete, I'm too nervous. Yeah. And I finished the tournament. I went back, showered, put my suit back on, and went back to meetings. Like normal. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and they're like, where'd you go? I said, I had to take care of something. No, but, you know, let's, let's continue. Keep going, so, keep going, keep so going. So that's, that's, that's very cool. You know, it's an amazing journey. And to me, it's not just, it's, a, it's, a, it's actually my only hobby, I would say, jiu-jitsu. Mm -hmm. uh, and uh, it's, um, I don't know, it's grown so much more than just a hobby. Mm -hmm. It's like, yeah. it's becoming uh, a Lifestyle. part of me. Yeah, Lifestyle. it's becoming a part of me. Mm -hmm. And, uh, You know, I enjoy every moment of it. I, when, I, when I come here, even when I come here for open mat on Saturdays, I still get a little nervous. Yeah, oh, man, yeah, yeah. What's going to happen? You know? yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but what, what else can you do in life at this age? Or what else can you do in life that gives you that excitement? I don't know. Like, I can't, I can't go, uh, like, okay, I like go shooting guns. I like mm -hmm. doing, you know, certain things. But it doesn't give you even the remotely the same, the same uh, pleasure. Yeah. And... Uh, And I enjoy it so much, you know. And, and I, listen, I, I look at all the YouTube videos. I, I read all the BJJ World Champ um, curriculums. And, you know, I, I, I'm really, you know, having a great time. And, uh, and the, amount of, the, the, the great people that I've met throughout fight sports uh, is, is something special. I didn't believe it existed. I didn't believe this tight, great community existed in, in, in a place like Miami. And... Uh, It, it took me by surprise. It's almost like a cult. It's, It's incredible. It's insane. Like, I've never been... I feel the same as you. you know? like, Even the way that we touch hands is different, right? Yeah. 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 The way we shake hands. The way we shake hands. Everything, you know? It's, it's, the culture is so thick. So thick. In, not only in this gym, in jiu-jitsu, in, in, in a lot of academies. But like you said, right? In it, like in any industry, when you lead by example... Like you do in your businesses like Cyborg does here. And when you create that family environment where everybody's pushing towards the same objective, you get, you get magic. You get something special. You get the magic that you had at Joya. You get the magic that you had at Rockwell. The magic that you have here at Fight Sports. Yeah. The magic that something like Jiu-Jitsu is able to give us, you know. Yeah. So it's been awesome to, to have you, Mio. Like what, what an honor. Pleasure all How mine. cool to, <laughs> to learn more about your story. We hope it's not the only time we have you. I'm, I'm Next glad time. to come back whenever. Uh, For more stories. Yeah. Maybe right. after the World Marshall title in November. No, oh, yeah, I like right. that. We'll, we'll fly. <laughs> interesting. If we're there, we'll, we'll do a podcast after we, the... We should do it. After we the tournament in Vegas with you. Mm -hmm. we'll you do know, it. We can we'll do, do it in With the gold medal on the table. Yeah. I like we'll it. do it on the venue with you, celebrating your gold medals. Hopefully, <laughs> thanks so much, Mew. One more time, man. My pleasure. A big pleasure. Thank you very much. Since from the beginning here, you always 
receive me with like uh, arms open and like I just have to say thank you to you. Thanks so much. But it's all mine, guys. Thank you very much. Boss, guys. Appreciate it. Boss. Boss.